On the Wind offers insights about people, places, and things that experience new beginnings. New listener or seasoned patron, thanks for listening to On the Wind for October 2015, Season 5, Episode 52. I'm your host, Dave Tomasic. I was watching high school band students come out of a tunnel in the side of a large hill onto a farm field and progressing in a line up the slope past a fence and out of sight. They were holding their instruments, trumpets, clarinets, flutes, tubas, trombones. Some were lining up like squads of a marching band and appeared to be practice marching. Their director comes out of the tunnel near the end of the stream of students. I recognized him. Fitz. I shook my head in dismay. I worked with band directors of local school districts for years, and Fitz was the most inept at marching instructions. Those poor kids. Meanwhile, I was just returned from a hospital where I was being pre-fitted for special prostheses to aid in my walking. Both my legs would be removed. I have cancer, and although presently I'm not enduring symptoms, Preparations for the inevitable are underway. I was washing my hands at the kitchen sink, watching the kids come out of the tunnel, when a sound to my left drew my attention. Daryl? I thought to myself in a quizzical manner. I turned to my sister-in-law, Daryl's mom, also in the kitchen, and asked what he was doing here. Melodically, she responds, I don't know, as only she can. Daryl, has been dead for five years. I look again, and he's putting down one of his size 14 shoes he had just removed. It had to be him. He was smiling, wearing those dark rim glasses that only a certain face structure can carry off. Even his dress was right. Light khakis, long-sleeved shirt, a bulky knit turtleneck sweater. Was I dreaming? Carrie Washington, my well-dressed assistant, Yes, you heard me correctly. Carrie Washington is waiting outside of my Lamborghini. She is always pushing me to the next meeting or event. I complain, but she does keep me on schedule. She's really ticked about the prince canceling my contract. I have no idea why he even contracted my services. She's really mad, too, that I had to give back the car. And she is no less upset. I got the thing filthy with some sort of tacky grit I picked up driving the car in a rally, which I don't think I was supposed to do. Carrie was just about as upset as the nurses in the operating suite where I was getting my prosthesis prefitted. I would not stop walking around for them to make the measurements. I kept telling them, hey, it won't be too long before I won't be able to walk on my own legs, so back off. My phone rang. It's Carrie's ring. I have to go to work. I have four fittings today and must have one completed by later this evening. I'm tailored to the stars, you see. Tailored to the impatient is more like it. Everything is needed yesterday. I'll have to make a point of asking the various guilds and award committees to send out their invitations more than a year in advance so I can get everything sewn up. You have to be kidding me. A tux of black summer weight bias-cut wool with chrome threads woven at quarter-inch intervals? Is this clown's circus close? I need a good laugh. He wants it when? 
Please tell me you said yes, and likewise multiply the usual fee by ten. Twenty! Even better. Oh, he's here. Well, let's get the measurements. Good afternoon, Barry. Oh, just stand there while I get your waist. Inseam. Will you be wearing lifts? Okay, how many inches? Great. Judy, dear, would you get all the above-the-waist measurements? Barry, if you want this done by the end of the day, you will have to excuse me. I have materials to conjure. Your tux will be ready for pickup well before your event. My people will call your people. Thanks for your business. Oh, my God. I can't stand that man. Lucy, ignore the measurements Judy is taking. Pull Barry's last session stats and one of the altered Armani's off the rack that match it and send it to Sally for the chrome threading. Be sure to tell her the chrome threads are diagonal to symmetry. And have Gerald go to the custom shop on Elsinore and pick up a baby moon hubcap for haberdashery to put on a bowler for Barry. It's a joke, but I can actually see him wearing it. Yes, Carrie. No. No, it's okay. Let them have the Lambo. Pull the black T-Bird from the garage and meet me out front. The black one, Carrie. See you in five. Did the phone ring? Patty says, Dave, you going to breakfast? Yeah, I'll get up in a second. What was that? The sun is lower in the sky these days. The weather is cooling rapidly and more rain has fallen in the past two weeks than all summer. Officially and physically, the seasons have changed. The leaves are turning, albeit slowly, but it's coming. I know, because my farmer's tan is already fading. Since the rains have returned, the yards have taken to growing again. My grass was long because I dare not cut it when it was dry. With the reviving moisture, my first window of opportunity for lawn care came after the grass had grown another seven to eight inches. My lawnmower certainly is robust enough to handle it when it works. Ten minutes into the job, as I came to what I thought was close to a tarp, the mower deck decided it was too close and sucked it in before I could stop the machine. Okay, it's cool, getting dark, damp, and instead of mowing, I'm dealing with wads of green fiberglass thread tangled among three blades that have virtually no access. I get the last remnant of shredded fiberglass from the mower with surprising ease, and there is still enough sunlight remaining for me to get something accomplished. I shoot back into the yard, blades buzzing, grass flying, motor humming, humming, bogging, bogging, blah. Out of gas. No, I did not check fuel before starting. Another ten minutes of light passes before getting back on task. Less than a minute passes before a horrible noise comes from the mower deck. I know this sound. It's a loose blade. The cut pattern in the grass confirms that the blade that ate the most tarp was sick. Great. More time lost. Hoping it's just a loose bolt, I pull up to the garage. Now, 
When I deal with blades, I usually pick the tractor up so I can easily reach everything with the large tools the job requires. But there were two cars blocking access to the portable lift, and time was of the essence. So I'm on my back, grunting and contorting myself in attempts to address this impossible-to-reach cantankerous blade when Patty yells from the driveway, Telephone! It's Bob! I just fall limp with frustration. I need to take the call. I need to cut the grass. I need to see, and it's getting dark. By the time I'm off the phone, the sun was well over the horizon. The mower would have to go back to the shed without having consumed its rasher of grass. For grins and giggles, I engage the deck on the way to the shed, and a belt tensioner spring breaks. Meanwhile, I swear, I hear grass growing. And it did. It was another week before I could cure the ills of the lawnmower, and would have time again to drive in circles around and around and around. For three weeks, my Fitbit was lost. A Fitbit is a device that tracks your physical activity, steps taken, calories burned, sleep duration and quality and such. I got the Fitbit to get an idea of how active I actually am, not to alter my activities. Mine is a base model, but still costs about $100. That's pricey. It looks a lot like a USB thumb drive for a computer, of which I have probably a dozen. I have an established routine that helps me successfully transfer the Fitbit among sleep, work, and the rest of the day mode. It so happened that I had my first ever USB failure during one of those transfer times. I have several USB drives that are identical to the failed one, so I processed it immediately so as not to get it confused with any of the others. But I'd forgotten where I put the Fitbit. I knew it was not completely lost, though, because I could synchronize it with my iPod Touch. It had to be close. Well, actually, it was within an 80-foot circle. But that's my home and yard. For three weeks, until the battery gave out, I tried to triangulate or otherwise deduce its location without any luck. Research finally revealed that the Bluetooth signals it uses to connect to my iPod are not conducive to detection by position other than pairing proximity. That means when it's close enough to a computer, it'll talk to it but it doesn't know what direction the computer is. I was getting dressed for an evening out, and the Fitbit revealed itself in my trousers' front right pocket. I was wearing those pants when I was dealing with a defective USB and transferring the Fitbit. An hour of charging, and me and my Fitbit reunited once again to count my happy steps on the wind. Total frustration must have been the theme for the month. I have a modest audio studio where I record and edit this podcast. With script in hand and every intention to get an episode out for late September, I flipped a switch on my workstation and... nothing. I check the breakers and everything is nominal. Instead of podcasting, I have to change into my electrician's hat and start troubleshooting. Everything is working fine now, obviously, but not without hours of furniture moving and circuit checking. It turns out that a wire-to-socket connection had failed, and because of its location, it took me days of spare time to find. Perhaps the whole month wasn't an exercise in frustration and confusion. Late September is when Farm Science Review is held in London, Ohio. You might not think of it as a family outing, but this is really a great place to see every sort of farm equipment, field demonstrations, and experience the underappreciated world of farm management. Everything is new, clean, and accessible. 
Ever want to sit on a combine or a giant tractor, climb to the top of a grain bin, or see exactly how a robot milks a cow? Farm Science, that's the place to go. In the field experiences, you can watch live tiling, reaping, plowing, planting, and more. And you get to stand right where it's happening. And the operators climb right out of the machines, and they're happy to tell you about their tractors or plows or whatever and the methods they're using. The exhibition is laid out like a Midwest town. Exhibitors line the streets, and they have all the latest and greatest equipment for the backyard gardener or for the farmer that has the largest farm you can imagine. There are even antique farm equipment displays to contrast the past and present technologies. There are accommodations for every need, including medical, transportation, food, restrooms, and entertainment. The doors open at 8 a.m. sharp and close at 5 p.m. The exhibition is right off a four-lane. The parking lot is enormous and well-operated. You waste very little time parking or leaving. Walking is an ease because the place is flat as a pancake. Best of all, you will unlikely find a more friendly, well-mannered, down-to-earth, courteous, and clean participant base anywhere on the planet. And the food is excellent. If I had kids, farm science would be on my list of must-go day trips. In a look to the future, Bill Powerhouse Hughes, you'll remember him from episode 49, has gotten together with his compatriots to get back into the professional ring for a charity fundraiser. The event is for Bill's eight-year-old niece, Abby, who is fighting Hodgkin's lymphoma. Abby's family is of modest means, and the cost of treatment is enormous. Abby and Bill are very close, so helping her beat this cancer means doing what it takes. The charity event will be on November 14th at York High School in Harmony, PA. 100% of the money raised goes towards defraying bills accrued during Abby's battle with lymphoma. Here's hoping your journey on the win will wisp you to York High School on November 14th. Hope to see you there. And with that, another episode is concluded. Don't forget to visit the show notes page for more stories and links and leave your impressions on the make comment link at onthewind.podbean.com. On the Wind subscriptions are available through iTunes and all major RSS feed services. Links to the show notes and Facebook page are on the Podbean host site. Comments and suggestions are always welcome and can be sent to onthewind at outlook.com or from the links in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Until next month, keep flying. And remember, your next move is already on the wind.